Hi guys and welcome back to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. You're just joined this month by Alan, the owner of Coffee and Heroes in Belfast. Keith is off on a well-deserved break on a holiday, so it'll just be myself taking you through the previews books. So these are the November books with um, a predominant amount of these releases being in January 2024. Wow, 2024 already. Uh, some of them, of course, will be advanced solicits, maybe a little later in that year, but I'm just here to take you through the books and pick out all the best things that we think are worth your time and your hard-earned cash. So as ever, I'll kick things off going through the DC book. Uh, the first item up is actually quite a curious one. It's called Batman 428 Robin Lives. So what this is, is uh, back in uh, in the days of Jason Todd as Robin, uh, there was a point where the Joker attacked him with a crowbar, left him for dead in a warehouse. And essentially what they did was they left it up to the public as to whether he would survive or not. So there was a phone line you could phone yes for him to die or no for him to live. Or maybe the other way around. But uh, it was apparently really, really close. But there's a lot of bloodthirsty people out there. And they clearly wanted Jason Todd to die. A lot of them found the character annoying. It was always going to be hard following up Dick Grayson as Robin, of course. So in the original story, Jason Todd dies. As we know in comics, no one ever really dies. Later on, he uh, comes back as uh, Red Hood and, and goes from there. But what they're doing is uh, a, an alternate facsimile, I suppose. In a way, it's a what-if, but for DC, with Robin Lives. So essentially what this is, is it says, DC Comics transports you back in time with this special faux simile edition of Batman 428, in which Robin Lives, featuring pages reconstructed from artist Jim Aparo's alternate artboards, which have been plucked from the DC vault and fully restored and remastered. So it's basically saying it turns the Dark Knight's greatest tragedy into a moment of triumph with Jason Todd surviving. Moving on from there, Action Comics 1061 is undoubtedly a big one this month. Uh, Phil Kennedy Johnson is stepping away from Superman and uh, well from Action Comics specifically and what they're doing is they're doing this thing called Superman Superstars and the idea behind this is that you're going to have different creators working on the title throughout um, the next year or two. We're kicking things off with Jason Aaron uh, with Action Comics 1061 and John Timms is going to be doing arts. Now, John Timms was the artist, I believe, at the start of Superman's Son of Kal-El, so a perfect fit for this. And Jason Aaron, clearly bringing him over from Marvel, was all for giving him the pe- the biggest and best titles. He's already writing a Batman miniseries, Batman Off-World, which starts very soon. Still time to get pre-orders in for that, if you'd like. Uh, and then, obviously, he's going to be doing you know Superman as well. And um, what's good about that as well is it's a it's a starting point for people. So if you want to jump on the Action Comics ten sixty one is your perfect starting point. There's a little one shot coming out in January, which is the Trinity Special, uh, which is the quote first appearances of DC's breakout character collected, and features a brand new story from Wonder Woman team of Tom Keane and Daniel Samper. So Trinity was a character that's being introduced into Tom Keane's Wonder Woman series, and um, what this is is this is putting all the appearances together into one book, but again having that uh, having that new story from Tom Keane and Daniel Samper as well. Uh, the big thing certainly throughout the DC book of January, kicking things off more in, in December, is Titans Beast World. So that continues. So if you're jumping on to that, uh, there's plenty of stuff to enjoy there. Uh, you've got all the traditional DC continuing series. Uh, let's have a look what else catches the eye in terms of sort of starting points. Well, I keep looking through the book here and I know I'm going to get to the biggest one of the month. And frankly, this is one of the biggest DC titles I would say released in the last year or will be anyway. 
and it's John Constantine Hellblazer Dead in America number one. This is going to be an eight issue mini series. Uh, it's written by Cy Spurrier and art by Aaron Campbell. Now, <clears throat> if you're a Hellblazer fan, you'll have known these guys did an absolutely spectacular 12 issue run just when they were starting to do the Sandman Universe titles, doing Dead Boy Detectives, uh, those sort of titles. But uh, it was absolutely brilliant, but by around issue seven, like it was the most well-reviewed comic that year in terms of aggregate scores. You know, people who read it loved it, but it just didn't seem to find a big enough audience. So by issue seven, they decided to announce that it was going to be cancelled at issue 12. I always thought this was very unfair because they hadn't waited to see what the trade sales were like. You know, it's, I always said the comic industry is such a strange industry because Something that doesn't sell well in single issues may just massively take off in trade. But I think in the long term, the trade sales were really good. So they've decided to bring that creative team back. So uh, the solicit reads, At last, as you demanded, the celebrated creative team of Cy Spurrier and Aaron Campbell have returned. John Constantine has cheated death once again, but his heart's not beating. His body is decaying and he, his friend Nat, and his son Noah are on the run in America, wanted for murder. Naturally, it's all John's fault. It always is. So, yeah, I can't wait for that to, to arrive. As I say, very popular title in store. Uh, you know, that's that's the other thing. You know, in, in our store, it sold, you know, really well in comparison to other titles. So I just don't know what maybe the long-term sales were elsewhere. But, I mean, that's that's near enough in, with regards to single issues, apart from, obviously, the, the traditional um, ongoing series. There are a couple of books that might appeal to the collectors, which are DC have started doing this a selection of books called Uncovered. And you've got the Joker Hardy Quinn Uncovered, Power Girl Uncovered, and Birds of Prey Uncovered. And what they're doing is they're collecting some of the best covers from the last 10, 20, 30 years and putting them all into this one uh, edition. Now, the reason that I say that these will be good for collectors and the reason we'll probably order quite a few of these in and probably sell quite a few is because they're doing foil variant alternatives for all of them. And we all love a shiny in this store. When it comes to graphic novel collections, there's some really cool stuff. You've got Absolute Batman and Son by Grant Morrison, which is going back to the Batman run that introduced Damian Wayne. You know, big story with Talia Al Ghul, uh, which is some really good stuff. You've got some more Night Terror stuff being collected. And a lot of the Dawn of DC stuff is getting their first volumes as well. So you're going to be getting Green Arrow Volume 1, which is called Reunion. You're going to be getting Unstoppable Doom Patrol Volume 1, Cyborg Volume 1, uh, Superman Action Comics Volume 1, Rise of Metallo, uh, Justice Society Volume 1, Superboy The Man of Tomorrow. So a lot of that Dawn of DC stuff that has been going on for the last year or so, which has been really, really good stuff, apart from the uh, break into Night Terrors, of course, is now being collected in trade. And therefore, you trade readers can catch up. One that I will throw out a little bit of love for as well is uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold Volume 1, the winning card. Now, this is essentially a collected story. So Batman Brave and the Bold is a, um anthology title. So you'll have four different stories each issue. But there's been one massive standout ever since it started. And that is a story done by Tom Keane and Mitch Jareds. And they've essentially been detailing the first time Joker faced Batman. And they're now going to collect that into a graphic novel. So it collects the, the stories from Batman Brave and the Bull number one, number two, number five and number nine. And as I said, it's under the subtitle of the winning card. But yeah, absolutely fantastic that it's by far and away the big standout from the uh, Batman Brave and the Bold series. 
We've also got DC continuing to collect the Webtoon series and putting those into print. So I've been really enjoying the Batman Wayne Family Adventures. It's reaching as far as Volume 3 this month. But there is also a new one, which is Red Hood Outlaws Volume 1. So as a former Robin, a former Wonder Woman, and well, a bizarre Superman, Jason Todd, Artemis Grace, and Bizarro have always felt second best. That's why they formed the Outlaws, a skilled trio of heroes for hire. But when collecting an ancient idol from Dinosaur Island lands the Outlaws in hot water with the Justice League, Red Hood will have to lead his team to get it back and prove that they're more than second stringers. Collecting the first 10 episodes of Webtoon's Smash It series optimised for a brand new reading experience in print. You know, people are always saying they want more Red Hood stuff in our store, so I think that will prove quite popular. And then I'm just going to finish on one book when it comes to the DC book, and that is Batman Beyond, the animated series classics compendium, 25th anniversary. So this is going to collect all the early Batman Beyond stuff into one great volume. You know, it's it's coming under a compendium as opposed to an omnibus. And that's an important distinction when it comes to pricing because a compendium will always come in cheaper. Uh, with omnibuses, you know, they're finished off in the hardcore you know, cardstock and the way they're bound and everything else. With a compendium, think more like the Walking Dead compendiums, you know, that sort of thing. But again, it keeps the price down. So for this, uh, the year is 2039. It's been decades since anyone last spotted the Batman. Gotham has uh, prospered into a megalopolis of neon and steel. But for all its glitz and advanced tech, it is still one of the most dangerous cities on the planet. When fate brings to teenager Terry McGinnis to life of reclusive billionaire Bruce Wayne, the time will come for a new dark night to rise. This compendium collects Batman Beyond Volume 1, 1 to 6, Batman Beyond Volume 2, 1 to 24, which has never been collected in its entirety, and a guest appearance in Superman Adventures 64. So 31 issues wise of Batman Beyond goodness there, all in one sexy looking volume. So that is the DC Connect book. We're going to move away from that and go on to the Marvel book. Now, the Marvel book front and back is just instantly appealing this month uh, because you've got two titles that look absolutely fantastic. The first one of those is Ultimate Spider-Man. So it's Jonathan Hickman on writing duties, Marco Cicchetto on art and covers. So, of course, Cicchetto is an artist we've been really enjoying, has been doing uh, Daredevil with Chip Zdarsky for quite some time. But bringing him on the Ultimate Spider-Man, I think, is a great move. So we've had Ultimate Invasion recently. We've had the Ultimate Universe one shot. So the Ultimate Universe is going to begin in earnest in January. And, of course, it's no surprise that Ultimate Spider-Man is the headline title. The new Ultimate Spider-Man for a new Ultimate Universe. Visionary writer Jonathan Hickman and acclaimed artist Marco Cicchetto bring you a bold new take on Spider-Man, with this his debut title of the new line of Ultimate Comics. After the events of Ultimate Invasion, the world needs a hero who will rise up to take on that responsibility. Prepare to be entangled in a web of mystery and excitement as the all-new Ultimate Spider-Man comic redefines the web crawler for the 21st century. The other title that was on the, the back cover, which also looks great, is called Avengers Twilight. This is a six-issue miniseries. It's written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Daniel Acuna. And this is in a gleaming new world of prosperity. Captain America is no more, but Steve Rogers still exists. Floating through an America where freedom is an illusion, where the Avengers are strangers and his friends are long dead. But is the dream? How do you reassemble the Avengers in a world that doesn't want them? Plus a behind-the-scenes looking at the make of this issue as well. There's going to be foil-varying covers for that as well. This is definitely a rabbit hole that DC and Marvel are both falling down at the moment. But, you know, it seems to be working for whatever reason. Another one that is definitely going to appeal to quite a few of our readers in store is... We, we seem to be approaching the end of the Krakoa era uh, in the X-Men stuff that Jonathan Hickman obviously set up and, and got going. And there's going to be two back-to-back miniseries. If you remember with... Uh, 
when the X-Men line started under Hickman, you had House of X and Powers of Ten. And these were two intersecting uh, miniseries. Really, really great stuff. It had me really excited for X-Men, which is just how good it was. But they seem to be finishing it off now with, again, two intersecting series, which are Fall of the House of X and Rise of the Powers of X. So they're both going to be five-issue minis. Fall of the House of X is written by Jerry Dugan with art by Lucas Wernick. And Rise of Powers of Ten is written by Kieran Gillen with art by R.B. Silva. So for Fall of the House of X, mutant kind has never had a greater fall. From the heights of Krakoa, their own glorious nation, a place where they were safe and happy, to the lowest of lows. Outlawed, hunted, killed, most of their kind missing or dead, and now one of their greatest leaders, Cyclops, is on trial facing a death penalty. Ready or not, the time has come for the X-Men to make their final stand against the forces that have struck them low. The day is now, the place is here. The tale of the house Xavier built will long be told, and few will forget this darkest chapter. Uh, so this is, it basically says this is half of the story that will bring the Krokoa Age to its conclusion. The other half is, as I say, Rise of the Powers of Ten. So, ten years ago, the mutants returned from their exile to try and reclaim the Earth from the forces of Orcus they failed. Now within the victorious Orcas, with their gauntlet choking the world, Nimrod and Omega Sentinel put their plan within an a their plan within a plan into action. They are to summon their binary god to consume everything in their accession. All that stands between them is the X Men. What can they do? They're the X Men. They'll find a way. That's their power. So begins a story beyond time and space with the rise of powers beyond our petty human intelligence. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go from there with regards to the X Men, um, <clears throat> the X Men world. Obviously, it was a huge commitment to what they did with Jonathan Hickman and loads of intersecting titles. So I'll be really, really curious to see what they do for there. Sticking in the world of X-Men, you've got a new Cable miniseries coming out soon, which is a, a four-issue series written by Fabian Nicaiza and art by Scott Eaton. Uh, the future must not come to pass. All the signs are here. The neocracy is coming, and with it comes not only the end of mutant kind, but all of humankind as well. As if rescuing young Nate from the ongoing threat of Orcus wasn't enough, can Cable root out this growing threat <clears throat> and decimate it before the neocracy has a chance to take hold? But is he already too late to change the future? So yeah, four issue mini series there. Uh, yeah, I mean it's very heavily on, on the X Men this month. You know, you've also got Dead X Men, which is a four issue mini series written by Steve Fox, art by Vincenzo Caruto, Bernard Chang, and Jonas Scharf. Death was only the beginning. When the world turned against Krakoa, these five mutants lost their lives, but their mission as the X-Men are just getting started. To preserve Xavier's dream, they must accomplish the impossible, or die again trying. So that's a week four issue mini. You've got the resurrection of Magneto as well. So this is a four issue mini with Al Yoon writing Luciano Vecchio on art. On Krakoa, resurrection from the dead was as easy as completing a circuit, but Krakoa fell. The time of easy miracles is over and only the hard roads are left. Now falls the storm, as the epic conclusion to the Krakoan era looms to bring their oldest enemy home to fight against the fall of the House of X. But after all he did and all that was done to him, can Magneto bear to return? Looking through the, the Spider-Man section, we're continuing on with this gang war, which of course is the sort of street-level heroes of the Marvel Universe, all tying in together. You've got this running through Amazing Spider-Man, you've got this running through special miniseries, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu gang war, Luke Cage gang war, and Daredevil gang war as well. It also runs into Spider-Woman and Miles Morales, so tons of stuff that that's running through, and that's actually a... Uh, an event I'm really looking forward to because I love my street-level hero stuff. 
Speaking of Spider-Man, there is a new five-issue miniseries, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. So, written by Steve Orlando, and the artist seems to rotate because this is actually going to be a weekly book for all five issues. So, one issue is Dev Mala Pramanik, one issue is Michael Darling, one issue is Jason Murr, one is Chris Capagna, and one is Stefano Raffaele. So Beware Marvel Zombie 2099, Miguel O'Hara teams up with Blade 2099 to take on a new horrific threat to Nueva York. Introducing the Marvel Zombie of 2099, he lives, he strikes, and no spider can hold him. Will Spider-Man be able to stop the ever-evolving zombie infection before it takes hold of his mother and the citizens of Barrio? So yeah, that looks uh, pretty interesting as well. So I know there's a lot of uh, Spider-Man 2099 fans in the store, so I'm sure they will lap that up. For the Wolverine fans in store, there's a pretty cool event coming up which is celebrating 50 years of uh, Wolverine, which is called the Sabretooth War. Now, this doesn't seem to be a crossover of any kind. It doesn't seem to have any tie-ins. It's just running through Wolverine itself, which is written by Penzwin Percy and Victor Lavelle, with art by Corey Smith and Jeff Shaw. So this is Wolverine 41 that kicks off the Sabretooth War. So excellent jumping on point. Sabretooth War begins here, the most violent Wolverine story ever told. That's a big claim. Get ready for the showdown to end all showdowns, Wolverine vs. Sabretooth. It's been years since these heavy hitters have crossed paths in the Marvel Universe. But as Krakoa falls, so rises Sabretooth. And he's out for revenge. They threw Victor Creed in the pit, but he's free and wielding an army named Sabretooth's will prove once and for all why he is Logan's ultimate nemesis. Co-written by literary powerhouses Benjamin Percy and Victor Laval, and drawn by the artistic dynamos Corey Smith and Jeff Shaw, don't miss the inaugural issue in this multi-shipping saga leading up to the landmark uh, issue 50. So there's plenty there then that that is going to lead up to. It sounds like it's going to be a good long event. we got some new facsimiles hitting this month. Uh, Marvel seem to be setting this up that they're going to celebrate 40 years of Secret Wars by doing a complete run of facsimiles for the whole series. So I think each month they're going to have a new facsimile come out. In January, it kicks off with Marvel Super Heroes Secret Wars number one facsimile edition. So, of course, the classic tale that brought all the Marvel Universe together, written by Jim Shooter and penciled by Mike Zek. Again, there is going to be a foil variant cover because, of course, there is. And uh, as I say, DC and Marvel are loving their Thor variants at the moment. So we continue through the book, you know, plenty of good ongoing series and we approach Star Wars Corner and the big one this month is definitely the uh, adaptation of Thrawn Alliances. So we turn to the saga of Thrawn with the comic book adaptation of Thrawn Alliances. This is written by Timothy Zahn and Jodie Hauser with art by Ad- Ad- Andrea DeVito and Pat Olief and uh, Timothy Zahn teams with Star Wars veteran Josie Hauser to bring Thrawn alliances to the pages of comic books. Watch as they bring the action to life showcasing the tactical powers of the galaxy's most dangerous mind. So yeah, definitely one for you Star Wars fans there. Uh, what else have we got moving along? We then move from there and pretty much into trades and collections. I mean, the ones that catch my eye. Uh, new Captain America omnibus from Nick Spencer. Omnibus Volume 2, of course, that continues on the Captain America Heal Hydra era. A big one this month is definitely... Now, this is an advanced solicit. It's not until June uh, 2024. 
But Punisher Max by Garth Ennis, Omnibus Volume 1, is coming back into print. Now, I just read, actually, Punisher Born yesterday. So uh, it's been really, really good to rediscover that world of Garth Ennis and rediscover the Punisher. It's pretty much the definitive Punisher run. You know, released through the Max label, it was allowed to be as violent an adult as it wanted. So... Written by Garth Ennis, penciled by the likes of Derek Robertson, Luis La Rosa, Leandro Fernandez and Doug Braithwaite. Hard-hitting Punisher tales by one of Frank's castle's signature writers. But do the Punisher's origins trace back even further than the fateful day in the park where he lost his family? In Vietnam, with his platoon under attack, Captain Castle must make a grim choice. And in the modern day, Punisher's old partner microchip resurfaces with a startling offer. Nick Fury has a proposition too, a dangerous mission involving a Siberian nuclear missile silo and lethal retrovirus. But Castle's actions set off a chain reaction that will bring him into conflict with a ruthless Russian general and take the world to the brink of war. Uh, yeah, this is an epic uh, collection right here, to say the least. 864 pages. It's coming in at the $100 price point as well, as opposed to Marvel have sort of slipped into a little bit of a $125 omnibus pricing system recently. But for this one, as I say, it's just going to be the 100 And it is an absolutely fantastic book. Uh, plenty of trades towards back. Ultimate Vision being collected in the trade paperback. Blade miniseries of recent times. Some Moon Knight stuff. Captain America by J. Michael Straczynski. So, again, a lot of the titles that we're enjoying at the moment are now going to be hitting that trade collection in January and beyond. So that is going to do it for the Marvel book, and we've already covered DC, so we're going to jump into the indie book. So the usual collection of stuff from Boom Studios, Image Comics, Dark Horse, Distillery, all the big ones. So kicking things off with Boom Studios, one that caught my eye is called Pine and Miramac. It's number one of five. It's written by Kyle Starks, who recently did a fantastic run on Peacemaker. And in general, it's just a really, really good writer, doing like six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. Um, doing Rock Candy Mountain, that kind of stuff. But this just sounds great to me. After a lifetime of witnessing the worst that humanity has to offer, former homicide detective Linnea Kent has decided to put all of that behind her. Alongside her husband Parker, a former professional MMA fighter and the unofficial brawn to her brains, she's opening up a quiet little detective agency in a sleepy town in the corner of Pine and Miramac. Uh, at first, the simple cases this nook of the world has to offer were exactly what she was looking for. But there's more to this quaint town than Linnea could have possibly imagined and something truly sinister pulling the strings. Yeah, sounds great to me. I love small town Americana. I love weird, creepy little towns, you know, stuff like Twin Peaks, you know, really just is very much my fandom. So, you know, given the A, the creative talent involved and B, the, uh, the storyline elements there, I think that sounds absolutely great. So... That was pretty much it for Boom Studios. There's plenty of ongoing stuff there. You know, uh, Berserker hitting trade, Rare Flavors, which is a great little title. But we're going to move on to Dynamite. And there's a couple of titles here that I think will really capture the attention this month. The first one is Lilo and Stitch are getting their own comic. Uh, for some reason, Disney have teamed up with Dynamite to do a lot of these books. They've recently been doing Disney villains and doing like some Maleficent and... Uh, Hades and Scar and stuff like that but it's nice to see Lilo and Stitch coming in because this is definitely a franchise that people in store actually really enjoy so get ready for a new adventure with Lilo and Stitch as the irrepressible pair launch their very first ongoing comic series brought to you by superstar writer Greg Pak and Aris Giula Giacomino Life seems to have calmed down for Experiment 626 and his new family on Earth, at least until evil aliens come hunting for everyone's favourite blue fur troublemaker. The kicker, they're using giant robots that are powered by Stitch's own DNA. Will Lilo's beloved pet be able to take on these villains and lead them away from his adopted planet and loved ones? So yeah, again, it's, uh, it's a franchise I think that people really do enjoy. Uh, 
But speaking of franchises, people really do enjoy, and this is going to be big, I think. We've got James Bond 007, number one. Yes, there's been James Bond number ones in recent times. There's been new uh, storylines and so forth. But here's the kicker, written by Garth Ennis. Uh, artist on this one is Rafael Labosco. A relic of the Cold War, the deadly compound Stalvoda has a long buried connection with MI6. So when it mysteriously reappears in disturbing circumstances, the agency naturally assigns its best operative to get to the bottom of things, 007 himself. But Bond isn't the only one to have carried the double O rank, and with it, MI6's secrets. Former agent Archibald Tehran is another, and he's also carrying a grudge, one that seems squarely at the heart of His Majesty's Secret Service. So, yeah, this is a, an event to mark 10 years of James Bond comics being published at Dynamite. And there's a really good interview in previews with Garth Ennis as well, talking about why he's interested in doing this. Because he says, like, the normal uh, traditional James Bond of modern day with regards to, you know, gadgets and winking humour and this and that. He says that doesn't really appeal to him. What he's doing is going back to, like, the Ian Fleming books and trying to uh, get that sort of tone. Moving on, we move on to Image Comics, and there's definitely a couple of great-looking things here. First of all is uh, Cobra Commander, so part of the G.I. Joe universe, of course, that is now coming to Image Comics. Written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Andrea Milana and Annalisa Leone. The rise of Cobra begins here. In a world where the Cobra organization hasn't formed, one man's sinister plans to utilize the mysterious alien substance known as Energon sends shockwaves across the, gro- the globe. Who is Cobra Commander? Where does he come from? And what horrors is he planning to unleash that will rock the world? And maybe the universe to its core. Red Hot writer Joshua Williamson and artist Andrea Molina kick off the second of four action-packed miniseries that will introduce the best and worst humanity has to offer in the Energon universe. Another one that definitely has caught my eye, there was a big announcement at uh, New York Comic Con about it, which is Ghost Machine. Uh, this is written by Jeff Johns and art by Gary Frank. You know, no big deal. Just the Doomsday Clock team. But this one, it's a one-shot to kick things off. So a groundbreaking new era for comics, characters and creators begins here. From the powerhouse creative collective that is Ghost Machine comes an extra-sized 48-page special introducing its all-new shared universes of strange, fun and action-packed characters. Gagger, Redcoat, Rick, the Rockefellers and many, many more. What ties these uh, characters and the heroes of the unnamed together? Why is Rook the key to saving the war-torn world of Exodus? How will everyone's soon-to-be favourite family of the future adapt to a new life in the present? The stories all start now. So this is essentially going to be a new initiative at MH Comics. These creators are now exclusive to MH Comics and this world. They're not going to be working with DC or Marvel or any other publishers. And it includes the likes of Jason Faber, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Jeff Johns, Francis Manipal, Brad Meltzer, Ivan Rice, Peter Tomas, I mean, that is a serious core of talent working on that stuff. Um, it's definitely worth pointing out the Deadly Class Compendium that is due in January. So, again, compendiums similar to uh, the Walking Dead compendiums. Image have been churning these out really, really well. This is the entirety of Deadly Class all in one place for 60 bucks. Uh, so about £55. Uh, Deadly Class 1 to 56 and the free comic book day one shot. I mean, you get... The entirety of one of the best series of the last decade, last two decades, of all time. Let's just go for full hyperbole. Uh, All in one place and all for less than a pound an issue. What more do you want? Uh, For the Spawn fans out there, we're approaching another big number. We have Spawn 350 coming soon. So, of course, there'll be tons of variants. I see six so far. Don't be surprised if that uh, increases a little bit along the way because Todd McFarlane knows how to make sure that he gets uh, full value out of that. 
Uh, one for the Snyder fans out there is coming through Titan Comics as a comic book prequel to his next movie, uh, the highly anticipated Rebel Moon, big massive sci-fi epic. So as I say, there is going to be a prequel series. Uh, you've got covers by Stanley Archer Mlao, Raphael Albuquerque, and more. The series is written by Mags Visaggio, with art by Clark Bint. So featuring characters from the film, with war looming on the horizon of the planet Shashu, Yisrael Bloodaxe is, is the reluctant ruler. Conflicted between living up to his father's domineering legacy and maintaining the peace, it is up to Yisrael to settle the conflicts within himself and his family before the entire planet erupts into war. So yeah, we've got plenty of Snyder heads in store, so I'm sure that will appeal to more than a few of them. Uh, so we continue on through the books. Definitely another big one is Zorro Man of the Dead. So this has been published through Massive Publishing, which seems to be a little bit on the rise at the moment. Some good stuff coming through there. Uh, but the reason this catches the eye straight away, other than being Zorro, of course, one of the oldest pulp characters of all time, is that it is written and drawn by Sean Gordon Murphy. Sean Murphy, of course, as you know, responsible for the Batman White Knight universe, tons of great indie work under his belt with the likes of Tokyo Ghost with Rick Remender and Punk Rock Jesus and uh, The Wake with Scott Snyder. But yeah, Zorro apparently has always been his dream to do. So Don Quixote meets Narcos in Sean Gordon Murphy's Zorro Man of the Dead. In this modern reimagining, the writer-artist behind DC Comics' Batman White Knight delivers a fresh take on the legendary swashbuckling hero. Diego is a young man who is convinced that he's Zorro. As a child, he suffered a psychotic break after witnessing the murder of his parents by the drug cartel in his village. To cope with the trauma, he embraced the 200-year-old legend of Zorro by donning the mask, training with the sword, and declaring war on the narcos for the sake of his people. So yeah, I think that is going to be pretty big in store. You know, it's... We always say to follow creators rather than characters. You know, Sean Murphy, anytime he does something new, people will always be on board of that. So, yeah, I fully expect that to, to do well. I see we're getting another volume of Blue Book as well, which, of course, is the conspiracy uh, book from James Tinney and the Fourth and Michael Avon Oeming. Uh, this one is subtitled Blue Book 1947, so a brand new number one. Uh, same creative team, this ambitious non-fiction comic book experience depicts the true stories of UFO abductions with an eye to capturing the strange essence of those encounters. In 1947, Kenneth Arnold flew his Call Air A2 over the skies of the Pacific Northwest when all of a sudden he saw a blinding flash of silver light. What followed was a bizarre and difficult to explain encounter with several flying objects that would change the course of his life forever. Uh, so yeah, they're continuing on with sort of real life cases there and uh, giving them the comic book a treatment. Uh, so we continue on through the book. Um, I see there is some cool stuff coming through. Um, well, it's called Alien Books, but Alien Books have essentially taken over Valiant Comics. Uh, so they're bringing back Ninjak, for example. Uh, Ninjak Super Killers. They are picking up the baton and continuing on with Exo Manowar Unconquered, which is good to see because we have quite a few guys on that. You know, art by Liam Sharp, written by Becky Clunan. And Michael Conrad, so I see that. With Alien Books taking over, um, Valiant, it looks like they're going to start doing something called Classic Collections as well. So they're going to be bringing back Archer and Armstrong. They're going to be doing some stuff with Eternal Warrior as well. Uh, moving along the book from there, what else have we got? I think there were one or two more that caught the eye. Uh, let's have a look. AWA Studios It's pretty much just continuation of stuff. Um, rather than any new series to jump on there. Uh, we've got a rather gorgeous AEW Sting 
uh, action figure coming or statue i say more of a statue than an action figure let's hope he's still in AEW by the time it comes out and it's not like the punk statue uh We've got Distillery continuing with their titles with Somna number two hitting in January, which is from Becky Cloonan and Tula Lute, which is definitely a uh, big one there. Uh, there was a cool book came out through Fair Square Comics uh, called Sunshine Patriots, and this is being collected together. So this is by Howard Chaikin. You think you've read everything about Hollywood? Think again. And when legendary creator Howard Chaikin is in the director's chair, expect the unexpected. Follow the adventures of two former members of Roosevelt's Rough Riders Cavalry who arrive in Hollywood in 1913 and find themselves caught in the web of a dangerous new world. As the first Sicilian mobsters make their way to the City of Angels, the two heroes find themselves recruited as mercenaries for the movie studios and drawn into the cutthroat world of cinema with a front row set, a front row seat to the building of a new empire. I read that. That was really, really good. Uh, so it's nice to see that it is getting the uh, trade paperback collected um, treatment. Uh, let's see. Humanoids have a really cool looking book called actually. Uh, humanoids tend to do a lot of the European stuff. And uh, they collect them into lovely hardcovers. So what they've got coming here is I Am Legion. Uh, this is a book that Comic Bastards called John Cassidy and His Prime. Now in a deluxe oversized edition with updated elements to present the book as it was meant to be read. Set in 1940s Europe, I Am Legion tells the story of a mysterious enemy force known only as Legion, a power which can seemingly move from one body to another. Can the Allies defeat an enemy when they, that they can't track? Who is the young Romanian girl whose supernatural powers are being used by the Nazis? Find out in this thrilling story of espionage and terror. That just sounds like my kind of thing. Uh, written by Fabian Nuri and then art by John Cassidy, who of course is very well known in the Star Wars universe and very well known in the, the comics universe in general. Do we have anything else to, to go through here? I must apologise for my sniffing through this as well. I am battling a little bit of a cold. But uh, this is my commitment to making sure that these uh, these podcasts come out. Uh, but yeah, no, looking through the book, I think that might be it. Uh, da, 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 nothing else really has caught the eye. Uh, even Vault Comics, again, is all continuations of stuff. Number twos, number threes rather than anything new. So I think we're going to call it there. That is the best of the um, previews books from November with a predominant amount of those releases coming out in January. As always, you know, any pre-orders, just get them into us. Uh, the, pre the order is due through Diamond in the next couple of weeks. So plenty of time to get those orders in. Just get in touch. Let us know. We'll get them out of the pull lists for you. We've got the boards done in store as well with a, a more uh, a smaller breakdown of those as well. And the previews books are always in the shop. So if you want to pop in and have a wee flick through them, uh, you're always more than welcome. And uh, maybe you'll catch something will catch your eye that did not catch mine. So, But anyway, as ever, guys, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this despite my incessant sniffing. And uh, I hope more importantly that it proves useful. So uh, I'll look forward to seeing you guys in store soon. Take it easy. So I've been Alan Taylor and this has been Keith Miller. You can find Alan in store at Coffee and Heroes and on Twitter where Alan is at Coffee and Heroes 1 and I'm Ascanison00. Coffee and Heroes is a local comic book shop, coffee shop and community hub in Northern Ireland based at Smithfield Market in the centre of Belfast. You can find Coffee and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email us at coffeeandheroes at hotmail.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. 
The Coffee and Heroes podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and through all good podcast platforms. Please like and subscribe and leave a review so more people can find us. And until next time, happy reading and hope to see you in store.